Welcome to the Optimist Futures Podcast, a place to learn from an industry insider with over 20 years of experience in commodity futures and options. Gain insight to the newest technology, platforms, risk management, trading philosophy, and advice about the current state of the futures and options markets. For futures trading platforms, deep discounts trading commissions, overnight margins, and instructional videos, feel free to visit our website at optimistfutures.com. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimist Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence. Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of Optimus Futures, Matt Zimberg. Hi guys, it's uh, Matt Z um, from Optimus, Optimus Futures. Uh, we are in the studio again with Rolf and Moritz, and we're going for a second session. And today I did something special. I wrote a bunch of questions that I didn't share with them because I wanted to see their perspective on it. They're, we're all coming from different backgrounds. Um, and I just wanted to basically see what they think of those concepts that I wrote over here and their approach and uh, it would just make an interesting discussion when you have to think a little bit. So take your time, right? You don't have to, you know, uh, answer right away. I'll give my perspective for those things as well. So um, let's start with words, okay? So uh, when it comes to trading, do you believe in intuition? Let me be very specific. So, um, traders have a fear, uh, a belief, I think, from the impression that I get that some people have, that great traders have an amazing intuition about the market. Mm-hmm. Do you agree, disagree? What do you think? I think there are definitely some people that are born with this gut feel or instinct about the markets, but most of us definitely don't have it not from the get-go and there's a way to train it like you can train your gut feel with tons of experience definitely the problem is the way i see it uh, when i don't feel good about a trade even though it's objectively a good trade if i don't my gut tells me uh, i don't like this then i'm gonna if i take it anyway i'm gonna make a lot of mistakes managing the trade because i don't feel comfortable with it so that's where i rely most on my gut that I don't take a trade even though it looks good technically. If I don't like it, I just don't take it because I know I will mess it up in the process. But for newer traders, definitely never trust your gut. <laughs> just follow the process and then you can learn. For example, in your journal, you could even track your uh, gut feel. Right? You can track, this is a great setup, but I don't feel good about it. And then you can see um, how, how good your gut, uh, your instinct is compared to your actual strategy. And then you can slowly train your, your instinct. Yeah. There are definitely some traders that rely only on their instincts and they make a killing, but that's probably 0.00001% of all traders. And they're, they're outliers. And it would be arrogant to, to think that anyone says of themselves, I'm gonna be one of those people. Right. Yeah. Well, fair perspective on intuition. Yeah, the problem I think with intuition is that many traders use it, especially new traders, 
and you should say that you've been trading for 10 years almost. So um, in the beginning, many people use this gut feeling as an excuse to break their rules. So they might have a feeling or and then they look back, okay, you I screwed up the last three, four, five trades and then they just want to get back. Um, back and then they break their rules and that's what, what how they rationalize uh, that uh, making a bad mistake. But if you if you are using technical analysis, which I think most traders do in these days, then gut feeling it because it's based on pattern recognition a lot. So after you have done and after you've been trading for a few years, then I would say gut feeling can have a, a certain role in your trading. But if you are just starting out the first few months, weeks, uh, even in the first one or two years, then gut feeling should not be um, a way to make trading decisions. Always have a, a checklist. And um, one of my favorite trading books is the one from Marty Schwartz, Pitbull Champion Trader. And he has been trading for decades. Um, and even he, in his book, said after 30 years of trading, he still uses a checklist because we are always obviously very easy uh, when it comes to fooling ourselves. So you need to really make sure that um, you are following your process. And a checklist can often help a lot. Good point. So I agree with both of you that beginners definitely should not rely on intuition. I think that intuition in any field, there's the intuition that comes after many, many years of experience and method in everything. So I think every field out there has a certain level of intuition. It's like intuition, for example, about people. It's because all of our lives we meet people, we see how circumstances lead to something, but with, with children, you know, it's very hard for us to base our intuition, you know, we don't have it. I think traders are definitely, um, you know, beginners definitely should have a method, stick to the method, not rely on intuition at all. As they develop skills in trading, cash management, risk management, at some point, and I'm talking about years after, then, you know, their intuition will be a completely different set of tools, right? They would actually use it based on their experience and something that I talk about, which is subconscious competence, right? Which is inside, so they learn to use that skill. But here's another thing about intuition. I think whether you are... Um, a beginner trader or you've been trading for 20, 20 years I think intuition does not exist looking back that's just my opinion meaning that you know it's very hard to go let's say through let's say you go through six months of losses and at the end of those six months right you have to say okay what mistakes have I done it is extremely hard you know just to sit there and think and rely on your intuition alone if you didn't follow a method that's why I like your tool, Edgewalk, right? That's where Edgewalk, right? So you put the things in a, in a certain format where you can go back and say, those are the patterns and those are the mistakes. So you could have intuition about trades, but it's extremely hard to go back and think about every single trade, the mistakes that you have yeah. done with intuition. So that should be completely dropped. So it doesn't surprise me that somebody like Marty Schwartz, which I think he lives... I think he has a house here in Boca Raton, too, if I'm mistaken. I don't know if he trades out of here now, but I know he's in Florida somewhere around here. So, um, okay, so that we covered intuition. Uh, that's a little bit of a challenging question. Okay, I can go first if you want. If uh, What's the most important word in trading? Like, if you had to choose one word in trading, right? Uh, you guys think about it. Maybe I'll go first. You are ready to go? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. I think uh, patience. 
Okay. Um, but patience always because patience is impacting our trading decisions on on many different levels. For example, it's uh, patiently waiting for a trade. That's the first one. It's patiently staying in a trade, not cutting your winner too soon. And uh, third is um, patiently being patient with your account growth, which there means how you manage your risk and how you uh, how you manage your money management. And that is the thing that is. That's the biggest um, challenge for many traders. You can wait for a trade every now and then, that's okay, but being patient with your account growth for the long term, that's I think where many traders have problems with. And then that's where all the problems come with the revenge trading, over leveraging. So I think patience is, if you go deeper, then patience is a very, very uh, important word. Yeah, for me, I agree. And for me, it's confidence. Like, because for me, that was the biggest step forward as a trader when I um, did put in the work and the hours to test my um, my um, analysis of the markets, my strategy and so on, and I backtested it. And then with that came confidence. And confidence for me means um, everything what you just said as well that comes with patience and um, trusting in your process even though when you're in a losing streak. and. Um, Trusting in your trade management process, I had huge problems with trade management in the beginning because I didn't trust uh, the, the, my edge to play out, so I was cutting my trade short and so on. And with backtesting and forward testing, I got confidence in my strategy, in my process, in everything, and that made all the difference for me. So, yeah. That's confidence. great. So, for me, you know, and again, this is what I see day to day. I think the most important word that I would choose is size. You know, the size of your trades because, well, just a little bit of history, you know. So when I started, I used to be a phone broker, right? People called in, they placed their orders. They used to play, I don't know, pay $20, $25 per order. Most of the people did not day trade, so they were position trades, right? And then, you know, the E-mini came, right? The E-mini S&P came somewhere around 20 years ago. It was late 90s and um, everything changed. People started trading online. Now people became independent, right? So people became independent and then, you know, the commission started going down and that was good for the consumer. But another thing that then, you know, but then the competition increased even more to leverage, right? So one to 200, you've seen it, one to 100, one to 200, one to 500, right? That's where the competition grew, right? So a lot of people intuitively, and again, like we said, don't rely on intuition, but intuitively they said, well, look, I can put X amount of dollars and I can trade this much, right? But the thing is in trading is that if you don't have the right size, first of all, you never learn from your mistakes. The market doesn't move. So discipline is extremely important. Patience is important. All those factors, I don't downplay them. Um, you know, cash management, risk management, but all those things cannot be done if you don't have the right size, right? Mm -hmm. Size, if you, you can be patient and you can be disciplined and you can have the right risk management in place. But if your size is too much, the market just, you don't give it flexibility. You know, you're getting stuffed out all the time, right? So it just, I tell people, look, I think that if you have um, many years of experience, you can increase your size. You understand the fluctuations of the market. You understand concepts like ATR, and you can adjust it. Majority of beginners, unfortunately, don't. Yeah. Um, you know, although I talk to a lot of people about risk management, I think the industry overall uh, promotes over leverage. You know, so size is there. 
Okay, next question, also a little bit challenging. Um, you know, it's creative, but I see you, you, you guys are ready, so, you know, I'm happy. <laughs> I thought you said, you know, maybe this, but you know, I'm like, hey, listen, we know our stuff. Okay, so this is, okay, so what do you think is the strength in life and the weakness in training? Oh, that's a good one. You know, so what do you think, like, in life? So, I'll start if you guys want to think, right? So, I think that a lot of people have a certain strength in their field. I'll give you an example. Let's say my father is an engineer. He's used to thinking in systems, right? Mm -hmm. Everything has to make sense. You know, one system leads to another, to another, to another. It's logical, right? And trading requires so much flexibility, right? So it's not always the same. You know, the patterns are not the same. The market conditions are not the same. So here is somebody who's looking for five things to happen. And you know, when I have, when I talk to, let's say, accountants, engineers, and you know, or programmers, I tell them, you're a programmer, you're an engineer. And they're like, how do you know? You know, how do you know? And because the way they approach trading is in a very, very systematic manner. And I tell them they have to kind of get out of it a little bit and realize that sometimes close is close enough. Right? It's never perfect. Mm -hmm. You're never going to sit there and all of a sudden it would, it's like people will have, think if they have 30 indicators, right? If they have 30 indicators and the sky and heavens align with the stars and the moon, then it's the right trading for sure it is. So people, I always tell people, you know, market is a place where you need a little bit of flexibility. So that's mm -hmm. just my perspective, right? Good. Um, good. All right. Good one. Yeah, for, uh, for me, go ahead. Like, what I have found for myself, uh, the biggest uh, one of the biggest challenges I had in trading was that I am always curious. So you, in in real life, that is a really good thing because once I basically master, once I learn or master something, not master, but uh, I learn the basics of a new skill, I can I can make a plan for myself how to level up, or I can just leave it be. And I quickly lose interest once I learn the basics of a skill. And that can be, in life, it can be a very good thing because I'm uh, very versatile with a huge skill set. But in trading, obviously, I was, um, I was too curious. I was always trying to improve my strategy, always trying to find the next thing, always trying to uh, grow. But in trading, there comes a point where the strategy itself just cannot be improved any further or where you just have to stop looking for a new strategy and you have to stick with what you have already and then channel that curiosity into personal growth psychological growth for example that was a, a huge challenge for me for sure because when, once i had uh, proven profitability with the strategy i was like okay this is not interesting anymore <laughs> understand that's a good point what i think is a um a challenge and it's the way I think we've been, or the system in general works, is that most people, they follow this very um, strict path. They go to school, they listen to what their teacher is telling them, then they graduate, then they do what they're told in university, then they do what they are told by their boss. And there's always a very straight path to what you have to do, and then you get a certain outcome. That's, I think, in, in, in trading, it's obviously very, very different when you're working for yourself and everything that is more on this uh, self-entrepreneurial path 
is where you really need to you need to tell yourself what you're gonna do and once you are once you only rely on yourself and you need to take responsibility for yourself that is then where the problems come in i think so the way i was the way the like the nine to five people then get into trading i think that is where a lot of problems then come and that's where trading becomes very very uh, hard because we are not used to this uh, way of thinking and acting so what you're saying is when people work nine to five they usually there's a uh, a certain set of instructions yes, yes. that already comes in and they yes. say you follow this yeah. and here you come all of a sudden you have to create your own rules yeah. right so, so that's starting, a good point yeah starting to think for yourself and taking responsibility is very important i think good point okay i like where this is going okay next next question is much easier for you guys so we're enough with the challenging questions <laughs> okay go to the easiest stuff um Marge, can you trade one method indefinitely um, you mean one strategy until the next 200 years for the next 200 years <laughs> well that's um, or or i mean or it's the same method but modified somehow you know or do you really have to you know put a few methods in the drawer you know after a while or and when do you know when to do it you know yeah so there are definitely some <coughs> strategies um, because I've been dabbling into algorithmic trading as well. I know that the shelf life of algorithmic trading strategies is much shorter than that of uh, systematic discretionary strategies, simply because they are much more rigid in their rule set. And they're basically, most of the algorithmic strategies are curve fitted, even not to the point that they are not profitable, but they are very, very tightly fitted to a certain market condition and if the market changes just a little bit that can already ruin the whole strategy so for algorithmic traders definitely you have to develop strategies all the time and uh, change them in your portfolio pull out the old ones there are certain ways to do that basically maybe if your equity curve goes below the um, bollinger bands for example if you apply an indicator to your equity curve you stop trading when it drops below the Bollinger Band, the outer Bollinger Band. For um, discretionary trading, <clears throat> I'm, I know a few people, traders, that have traded the same methodology for the last 20 years successfully. And that is mostly because I think, firstly, of course, their strategies are not based on, I have to sell when indicator goes above certain level. <laughs> so they are not playing an, an indicator game most of them they are more adaptive to the market with their price action analysis and so on and i'm pretty sure that the way the markets move right now they are still going to move um, in the next 40 to 50 years so i'm pretty confident that i can trade my strategies until i retire i i mean never say never but i'm pretty confident that's good it's a very good point you know i didn't think about shelf life of automation yeah. versus discretion right yeah. it seems like and i would agree that automation you know would have a shorter lifespan than definitely yeah. good point yeah i would say the less rigid your strategy in general the more adaptive obviously it is and the better you can adapt to what is happening in the market so a system that I think is very limited or it works well in certain conditions and it doesn't work in others is okay this is my entry and then every time I take 20% uh, 20 pip stop and 50% a pip target if you ha don't have any flexibility in those rules then you will run into problems very quickly sometimes the market just moves a lot and it will easily hit your target and stop probably first your stop and then you're out 
And other times when the market doesn't move as much, then it will just hop around your entry point. So being able to adjust to market movements right. probably is for the, the more adaptive it is, the better, um, the longer you're the, you can use your strategy. Good points. Um, I, I think that, you know, every strategy, well, I shouldn't say every strategy. I think some strategies have good uh, structure, you know, their base, their DNA initially is good, right? I think it's up to the trader to use that and adjust it according to market conditions. This is what I think messes up a lot of people, right? Yeah. You can't always use the same targets. You can't always use the same stop loss. Yeah. And because in very volatile environments, you must squeeze more from profits because you'll give more on the stop losses or you will get stopped out, you know, very, very frequently. Yeah. So you can have good risk management in place. You can have good entering place. But you also have the ability to recognize the environment that you're in. So you could have, as they say, you know, something could have good bones, but it's up to you then to recognize, okay, this method. I liked in our in the in the first one, uh, you know, video that we did here together. You're talking about that you have five methods. I believe in that, you know, very much that you can adjust different methods to different times. So I'm sure the bones of the system initially, you know, the, the DNA or the structure is good and everything adjusts according to the market condition. So very good. Okay. Um, this is a, would be a little bit of a interesting questions. So what uh, should traders do outside of trading to help them with trading? Mm -hmm. Right? So, you know, when, what do you think? Anything, you know, mm -hmm. what do you think they should do? Mm -hmm. For me, trading, trading is a lifestyle, mostly. I mean, that's just how I see it. So everything I do outside of trading feeds into my performance, everything. And that's just how I perceive it. Because as we said last time, it's a performance sport. So what I eat, what I um, do, when I, how I sleep, um, who I talk to, um, how I react to people. <laughs> Do they make me angry? Um, what what news I uh, read um, and so on. All of that feeds into my performance as a systematic discretionary trader, one hundred percent. So for me, the most important thing is obviously okay. Um, healthy body helps. It's not uh, it's not a must. Like you don't have to run a marathon or eat uh, vegetables every day. Just so that you feel comfortable with yourself. That's one hundred percent super important. And also that you are um, psychologically in a um, in a good mindset that when you sit down and that's what I usually do when I sit down at the table I check myself I do this uh, self-check for meditation and um, I, I try to measure how focused I am and if I sometimes there's just a barrier and I cannot get through it and then I won't trade because uh, maybe events from the day before work me up too much and yeah, so when it comes down to things outside of trading, for me, most important is mental hygiene. <laughs> Basically, meditation helps a lot. And what I also do is running because it helps me clear my mind. That's a, I, I really like your approach because you know what? I never thought about the exposure that you have with people and your environment and how it affects your trading. So, you know, if you're in an environment where you're angry or people irritate you all the time, it's obviously going to maybe lead to a bad decision making and everything else that you yeah. do, not just in trading. 
So that's a really good point. You know, body, mind, of course, you know, for it. But also exposure, you know, limit yourself to good people, right? Yes. Or jackasses, you know, we always say to you all day. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> you know? So I'm probably very German when it comes to this. But for me, discipline is very, very important. And people always ask me, how do you get more disciplined as a trader? And then I always tell them, it's like a muscle. You cannot just suddenly switch it on when you're in front of your uh, charts. Um, you have to develop discipline and build discipline away from the charts as well. So if you are very undisciplined um, during the day, then it's most likely that you're not going to be disciplined when you sit in front of your charts. So just doing the things you say you would do and keeping the promises um, that you make to yourself, this is already a very, very first good step. If you say, okay, I'm going to do this tomorrow, then just go and do it. Don't say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And this will feed back into your trading as well. When you know, okay, I should do my market preparation, I just should do my journaling, but I will watch Netflix first. Then it is a, it's a, it's just a cycle, and if you build discipline, everything will become much easier. Now that's an that's an interesting approach because uh, for me, I see discipline like a muscle, and if it gets sore, I cannot use it anymore. So what I usually do is I'm super disciplined in my trading, but outside of trading, I'm quite lax with. What my like my daily routine and so on. I try to be as um, undisciplined as possible. And when it comes to trading, one hundred percent, because yeah, that's how I do it. Uh, no, I'm completely yeah, opposite. Yeah, that, that yeah. shows you have to know yourself yeah, very well right. as, as a trader. Yeah, look, this it whatever helps you to get there. I think Rolf's point. I think many people, you know, I I understand this point because what I tell traders all the time. And again, just from interaction with them, I asked them, what do you do after you trade? Like, what do you do? You know, yeah. like, do you go on the couch and you eat a bag of chips? Or do you read a book? Or well, what do you do, right? Because your day doesn't end just there. It starts before you trade and it goes afterwards. I like your approach, you know, where you say, look, I'm not going to, I'm going to expose myself to an environment that is supportive of my mindset, right? You're saying, Look, I have to develop those habits, you know, because they will be in trading, right? If I procrastinate everything, ah, oh, first Netflix, first I'll take the wife to the mall, you know, anything challenging, oh, I can't do that, you know, I have to take the dog out, right? But instead of forcing yourself to do the hard, you know, what you don't want to do, what doesn't come out to you naturally, because in the end, that's where the discipline gets developed. Uh, <clears throat> another thing in this context, it doesn't mean that all your day is just you force yourself from one thing you don't like to do to another so i always like to structure in or put in nice things that i like that, that really make me fun uh, really are fun uh, around the things that uh, i don't like or i have to do and so for example um saturday is like my market preparation day when the market is closed uh, i know okay i'm gonna get up get my dog out and then i will sit down for three four hours every saturday morning do my market preparation of course, I could imagine nicer things doing on a Sunday morning, but I know afterwards I'll go to the gym, to the spa, whatever, and that is always my my little reward. So that is um, how you can actually create a life or some things to that and look forward to. It's not just one thing after the next where you have to force yourself. So you have you can actually build a life that you enjoy around the things that you know you should be doing. Yeah. You reward yourself, basically. Yeah. yeah. That's a good concept. I, I, I believe, I truly believe in reward. Like, you yeah. have to, if you add 
You know, I think it, it trains the brain muscles to actually repeat success. Yeah. You know, so if you had a good trading day, yeah. you know, go buy yourself a shirt, you know, do something yeah. to reward yeah. yourself. You're actually teaching you because I tell people, you know, when they, here's the interesting part. So when people are not successful or people have, did not have a good trading day, they would write pages and pages and pages <laughs> and pages. And when they had a good day, that's when they, they hit the couch. You know, yeah. watch TV, great day, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I agree. But, but, but what they're actually, the damage that they're doing to their brain is, you know, sometimes the brain does not distinguish between reality and between imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been proven over and over. So when you sit there and you write all your failures, you know, this is what you're getting your mind used to. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that your mindset is just focuses on that all the time instead of sitting there and writing and analyzing everything that you've done well because you teach your brain to success. And that's in every field. Yeah. What I do outside of trading, I really try to read as much as I can mm -hmm. to keep me sharp. You know, I love variety of books, um, you know, on, not only about trading, but industry, you know, people who write about human behavior, psychology, you know, success. And I really see, you know, at the end of the day that people, whether it's trading or any other field, you know, success has so many common traits. You know, success, what I see is boring. It's repeating the same thing over and over and over again. Most people get into trading because they want to have an exciting life. When yeah. most of the time they have to sit like this yeah. and wait for a pattern to finally come. Yeah. It's just like, you know? So it's interesting that I, I find all those things and that keeps me motivated in the business and also motivate our traders, you know, to share with them, you know, what, what successful and analytical people do. Cool. All right, let's go to the next question. All right, we have three more. Um, okay, so we spoke about methods before. Um, do you think a method can work across all assets? Do you think a person, because, and, and the reason that I'm asking you this question, I'm interested in your opinion. Um, you know, we have customers who, for example, come from stocks to futures or, you know, they come from forex to futures or maybe some of them will move from, you know, from forex to futures. So do you think that a method, uh, maybe I'll start with Europe because I'm getting more here. Uh, do you think a method is transferable and if it's not, what should they do? Yeah. So first of all, I think it's, um, as I said before, the less rigid, obviously, the more can get to the, adapt to the different types of a market. And for me personally, what I think um, and what helps me in my process is when I have, a, I have a strategy and I can apply it to, and I trade Forex mostly uh, for myself. So I follow all the Forex pairs, but I don't trade the same pairs every week. So I, I have a very big pros and very big on market selection. So I scan the market and I look for certain ways. How does the market move? And I am a technical trader, so I look for markets that respect technicals that are clean, nice, good to read, because then obviously what happens in the past is not a guarantee that will happen again in the future, but it gives you a good idea of, okay, this market has been moving nicely. I expect with a reasonable probability that it's going to keep on moving nicely. But then there are periods where certain pairs, certain markets are just not adhering to technical principles at all. They're too volatile. There's no volatility at all. It's just flat and dead. And then I will sort out those markets for the next few days and when it, once it gets back to normal behavior then I will go back and apply my strategy again there as well. But you need to know 
under which market conditions your system works best. And then I think you can trade different markets as well. I trade my same uh, method that I use for Forex. I trade on CFDs, on uh, indices, uh, but not always the same markets every week, always when the, the situation is right. I think. Yeah, yeah. What, what I would add is that if you are a day trader, you're probably very specialized. So you're, you are a strategy specialist and you're a market specialist. So that's very, uh, I mean, you're not a strategy, you're a market specialist. So you're very specialized on one market, maybe, maybe trading the euro dollar every day. And probably if you have, have, um, use that same approach on the GBP JPY or a futures uh, asset, it's probably not going to work. Or if you are a, a stock uh, day trader that uh, uses trade ideas or another tool for scanning and so on. But if you are on a higher time frame and uh, you are on the monthly, weekly, daily charts, swing trading, then what I usually do, so if I trade stocks with my methodology, I, I have a certain scanning process, then I look at the stocks I, because I don't trade uh, exclusively for it. Then when I find a chart, I look at the chart first and see how well respected are the methods that I use on that asset. How well respected are the moving averages that I use in my strategies. How well respected are support resistance levels and so on. How, how is the market moving in general. And if I feel or uh, assess that that market uh, moves in a way that is uh, fit to my strategy, I will trade it. And sometimes uh, a market will not respect the things that I use for technical analysis at all and then it's just not going to work. So, yeah, I'm... Good points. Yeah. So, obviously, the less rigid system has to be flexible that you can adjust it. Yeah. Obviously, time frame. The only thing I would add to that is that when people move from one asset class to another or within the same asset class, I think what they have to think about how much leverage they used in the previous asset class. So, you know, a guy would have $100,000 in this, uh, you know, in the stock account, you know, the most, I think the leverage is maybe 50%, right? But then they go to futures, right? They open accounts with 10, 15,000 and the contract size is 150,000. So now they have 10,000. So they traded stocks before they have a nice method. But now, you know, it's, it's a completely different story trading it on much smaller funds, right? So obviously that, that would make, um, you know, a difference. Um, did you want to add something? No, no. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's start with you again, Rolf. Okay. So what's the biggest mistake that you commit when you start trading? Uh, without a doubt, uh, system hopping. And that's why I think now I'm so big on discipline and routine and not being all over the place. What, what many traders do is obviously they take a trade then it fails and then they look at okay what could I have done differently on this trade that would have made me money then and then they will change their approach and change their approach on a trade to trade basis and then obviously you look back on your trading results and you cannot analyze them because every trade is based on a different premise and then you cannot find similarities because well in the end you just every trade is completely random and system hopping I know it's hard to overcome especially when you, when you stop system hopping, when you just um, say, okay, I'm going to trade this system, then obviously in the beginning, it won't, you won't have suddenly great results. There will be, it will be a gradual process, how you can build up your expertise, how you get an understanding for the system that you trade, you learn to adapt it, 
and those are usually when you not make money in the beginning so it's a it's a balancing act of um, just staying just just staying patient and being in there for the long game but just like in any other skill and you need to always remember that trading is a skill you would not go out there pick up a ball and then expect to play very very good ball but in trading <laughs> people forget it because it seems so easy you can buy it and you can sell and then that's it and um, but in the end it's a skill that you need to learn yeah. you know, I, I pretty much made every mistake possible but I only made all of them once <laughs> that's good <laughs> like, yeah, so. like over leveraging and uh, because I, w I was so excited when I came from poker to trading because there was leverage and no matter how big my trading account was the game would always stay the same like in poker if you move up in stacks obviously the people you play against they will be uh, much better and so on and in trading I was just so hyped and excited that I uh, I martingaled, I traded without a stop loss <laughs> all that stuff but I did everything only once and then I went back to being smart again <laughs> understood, understood <laughs> well one of the biggest mistakes that I've done in trading is it was specifically in the futures arena so <clears throat> you know people look for different futures to trade right and obviously, everyone is attracted to the E-mini S&P because it's really the most liquid, right? That's what they want to trade. This is where more discussions go. And obviously, everybody wants to master that specific contract. Not realizing that there's other contracts that you can trade. You have the 10-year notes. You know, you have the crude oil. You have the gold. Um, each one of them, I can't say that they have less risk, right? Because each one of them could experience once in a while certain volatility that you haven't seen before. But there's always there was always this prestige to be an E-mini S&P trader. And today I tell people, listen, you can trade corn. You know, you can trade pork bellies, lean hogs. It doesn't matter. It's just numbers that are moving. That's all it is. It's just a bunch of things that are moving on the chart. And if you're comfortable with that, that's that's what you're comfortable with, right? Like, you don't have to go to a party and tell people specializing in lean hogs. Just tell them that you're a trader, right? Like, I, I never tell people that I'm a commodity broker because it doesn't matter. There's still people asking me, what do you think about Google, right? Do you think it's worth buying it? It's like, okay, fine, you know? So I prevailed, I invented every profession in the world. But anyway, when I tell people all the time, you shouldn't get fascinated also as far as, you know, um, with certain asset class, right? You can't say, I want to trade stocks over futures, or futures over forex. Some things will come naturally to you and you'll be comfortable with them and that's what you choose. And in the end, it's a business because that's where you make your money, right? So, anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, this is the last question, positive question. Uh, go to Moritz again. What do you think is the best thing that you have done or what you have realized uh, you know, when you started trading? The best thing I have realized, you mean... Well, like, sometimes you have the worst things that you've done. What's the best thing that you've done? <laughs> All right. That was definitely starting my journal <laughs> okay. and, and developing it. Because I was always a numbers guy, but I just never knew it. I was horrible in math in high school. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just really bad with numbers, but... Um, I developed this love for statistics and so on as I was uh, growing up, but it was unbeknownst to me. And then when I started looking at Excel and I started looking at um, 
various statistics and going deeper into my strategy that's where suddenly that spark came and I was so excited and it was just uh, over a spreadsheet it was hilarious <laughs> but that was definitely the best thing I ever did in trading because it helped me become profitable the, the life I'm having right now and I'm in a great spot right now we both are and it's just yeah that was definitely the one thing that was that's good epic. that's good <laughs> For me, it's uh, market preparation. Um, the watch list, what I do on the weekends, as I said, because it forces you to really get to know your, your system a lot. Because, well, what most people do is they take the weekend off, they come Monday morning, turn on the uh, computer, and they just start trading, hunting for setups. They don't really know what they're looking for, they don't know really what to expect, they don't know, okay, what did I do last week? But if you really take the time on the weekend when the market is closed, and before I do my, my process, what I do is I replay the week before. Uh, there's certain tools you can use for free as well. And you just look at okay, what did what happened last week, and then you can say, okay, this is how the week behaved. This is what the market did last week. Uh, this is what I did. Maybe I should have done something differently. You ask yourself, was this reasonable, or is this reasonable without the hindsight bias? And then you can plan for the next for the next week. And you need to ask yourself actually when you do this, what is it actually that I'm trading? What are the rules that I use? How do I apply my strategy? What are the different components of my strategy? And once you have this, then you have confidence in your system, but also in yourself. And that's, I think, like self-respect is actually a very, very uh, important thing. Many people don't have that, but if you really put in the time, and maybe that's very, maybe that's very personal and very German of me again, that I'm very just. You're very methodical. It's not yes. very German. You're very methodical. <laughs> very, very methodical. But the self-respect and knowing that you actually put in the time and you put in the work and you do your best, that is um, that is what helps me a lot. Yeah. Well, because you guys have very organized backgrounds, you know, you come from you come from areas that require preparation prior to doing things. So it was already in your DNA. So, you know, which is a really good thing. So you didn't approach it well. I'll see how it goes. We'll see if it will work out. You know, it's like, I sometimes don't understand this approach. Like when people sometimes say, yeah, I'll try this day trading thing. I mean, you're going to try, you know, like, how, how is anything working out if you're going to try any business? But I'll tell you, you know, one of the, I can't say that, say it's the best thing that I've ever done, but when I started trading, it's a conclusion that I made, which is true until today. But I realized at the time that there are no mistakes that are very individual. I've realized that people who lost money in trading all make the same mistakes. Now, they could describe it differently. Yeah. They've applied it differently, but it's always the same mistake. It's like you said, it's over leverage, lack of preparation, you know, uh, not reviewing your trades, going all in, revenge trading. You know, it's like they're all doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. So I realized that our DNA, you know, intuitively is not meant for the market. And then I was like thinking to myself, okay, well, why? You know, why can't we guess direction of the market? Like, why can you sit with, when you play poker, you can sit with six people and after an hour you can pretty much figure them out. Yeah. Because you're playing with so many players, right? So I tell people about day trading, for example, like imagine a field with a thousand people, like, and I'm asking you, do you think those people have the, the digits zero or one in their head? You know, just tell me if this field, you know, is it zero or one? So you say, okay, well, let me try and figure it out. Let me see their profile. 
Let me see, you know, how they think, what they think, and then you have an estimation. I said, great. Now I tell them how hard it is in day trading. Now tell me they think zero or one every 30 seconds. Yeah. Every 30 seconds, tell me what, how each person's whether they think binary zero or one. It's very hard to assess. So I realize when people approach anything statistical and requires prediction, but I realize they suck at it. You know, Hardly. we sucked at predicting Donald Trump coming to election without getting politics, right? <laughs> but nobody anticipated it. Nobody anticipated Brexit, right? So all those prediction models that you have that are working out there actually are not working. And that's with a lot of statistics and math. So I said to myself, okay, as an individual, how can you predict, right? So you can't. You got to have a method. You got to have discipline. I also realized that trading... You know, this is the, I'm actually learning it more and more and I appreciate it more and more because of poker. It's the variance factor, oh, yeah. right? How you can actually have 10 bad trades. You can have 20 bad trades. You can't get depressed over it. You know, you can't depress it. It's not a representation of your skills. It's not, it's just a representation that you could do everything right. So I've realized that, you know, success in trading is everything else outside of it. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it becomes, a byproduct of, of it's not it's not a goal in itself. Success in the market is a byproduct of success in every other thing, right? It's it's success in discipline, success in preparation, success in method, success in everything else, which lead potentially, I should say, because I'm a licensed broker, could potentially lead, right, to to profitable trading. Because even then, so that's that's what I realized before I approached it. Um, the second thing, the one mistake that I've done in trading that I didn't realize um, is that I thought that automation requires less discipline than discretionary trading. And, you know, people like they like discipline in trading and they say, if I was only to automate it. And I was like, oh, if you're not, first of all, here's the interesting part. If you're not the programmer, Behind your trading, then you start doubting. Yeah. Was it programmed right? Because it's not you who did it. And the second thing is, most programmers who are given formulas, many of them are not traders. And they add their own flavor, right? They cannot. It's like a language. They cannot not add their own flavor. Because yeah. you're asking somebody to translate, right? You can ask a guy to translate something from English to German, and I'm sure that five people will have a completely different... Now, it will be close, right? Mm -hmm. But in trading, you can't be like that. One rule can throw it all off. So, anyway, that's the mistake that I've done. Those are the conclusions I've made. You know, and I'm still learning, right? We're all still learning about trading, right? You can, no, nobody... You know, there's a, there's a mistake about amateurs. That, well, I shouldn't say amateurs, but beginners, let's say, and amateurs. They think that they can... Actually, people wake up in the morning and say, I know the market. Every single trader that I know that made it as a trader always says I'm still learning. Market evolves, you know, things change. But the amateurs say there is a way. Yeah. There is a way, you know, that you can actually, that people do know the market, right? It's always like people say, okay, how long does it take until I'm profitable? Because they think, okay, once I get there, then that's it forever. But as the quote says, you're only as good as your last trade. So you always have to keep improving. The market always changes. New technologies come, volatility and everything changes, so you need to be uh, 
you need to have uh, always yeah just need to adapt yeah, all the yeah. time or you need to be an advanced student <coughs> of the markets yeah. and what you said about the general principles that you can follow like that's so true because uh, for example in poker i knew a guy who was a dealer who was dealing cards right. and he he did that for three years he never played a single hand himself but he observed the people on the table what they were doing wrong ah. and they were doing all the same time all the same mistakes every night and he watched them and then after three years he said like okay i saved enough money now i have a bankroll and going full-time poker i told him are you insane you never played a single hand before yourself you're like yeah but i know what i'm doing <laughs> and obviously he wasn't a profitable uh, player right from the get-go but he was much better than anyone ever that just started out so those general principles you can follow to basically reach at least break even phase quickly those are super important and that's also why i think it's important to get a teacher a mentor so you don't do anything because when mistakes creep in from the beginning into your process it's also really hard to unlearn them once they are inside there so yeah that's actually you know that's a little bit the position that i'm in like a dealer right mm -hmm. we have accounts coming in i see i don't judge people because i know trading is hard but i know some people who are more successful less successful i see you know i don't follow them individually but you know i see patterns when i talk to people you know and i see the patterns are becoming absolutely the same so the dealer had access to data when you have access to data you're starting to make observations about the data and you're seeing some patterns are just repeating 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 themselves you're like this is a no-brainer right everybody gets excited with this hand you know that everybody all of a sudden underestimating this hand right all of a sudden intuitively you start saying well this hand is really good they always win with that hand yeah. right and, and otherwise wouldn't come to you right so but then again what we talked in the first video about being conscious about what you're actually doing <clears throat> when you are trading and you're in when you are the one trading then it's so easy to just get lost and all the emotions take over And then you never, if you don't spend the time to look back, then you won't find those things. But if you are, and that's really nice when on the weekend, take 5, 10, 20 minutes, look just back at what you did last week. And then you will be also like in a position where you are the observer and then you can make much better uh, adjustments or decisions there. Yeah. Good points. Yeah. Well, you guys build a great tool. Obviously, this is what they should use. <laughs> They're enjoying all this free publicity I'm giving them, but they well deserved because they really build... I love people who really build things to help traders. You know, truth to be said, you know, you were talking about mentors. You know, I know that the industry, when I, when I started out as a broker, there was maybe one educator for a thousand brokers. Now there's a thousand educators on YouTube. You know, everybody's a guru. And you know, when people approach something, I think people are good in their nature, right? And the belief that if somebody puts, you know, videos out there and, you know, promotes is good, but a lot of them have theoretical knowledge. They don't have the base to bring them to where they are. You know, those people never traded, never had skin in the game. So our industry is just kind of saturated with all that. But when I see something like Edgewonk, I love it because I really think it helps traders. I mean, it doesn't tell you where to buy. It doesn't tell you where to sell but it allows you to recognize yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, objective way, and all you have to do is 15 minutes, just upload your trades. Go in, upload your trades every day. This is what you do and sit and see what you've done. You might come up with patterns that you recognize that 
your most profitable trades because you trade all day. So people click, right? And then you say, well, hold on, just one second. My best trades are from 11.30 to 12.30, yep. right? Yep. Maybe that's what I should do. Yep. Maybe in the morning I didn't have enough coffee yet, right? <laughs> you know, maybe I didn't get a good night's sleep. This is maybe the best time. And then you keep on doing that and all of a sudden this pattern breaks and you realize your best trades are all of a sudden towards the close. Something yeah. happens at the three o'clock at the immediate S&P buying, selling, right? So it's a great tool. Um, I think it took a lot of, honestly, being as young as you, as you are, I think it took and took a lot of courage to actually come and build this and saying, you know what, the industry needs it because we are saturated with everything and there are trading journals out there and they existed before, but I think what you guys did with Edgewonk, um, not only from an analytical standpoint, but I think visually, it's incredible, honestly. It's just pleasing. You open, it's like, wow, you know, it's not, there are obviously competitors and I think some of them are, you know, worth saying that they're good, but they don't, but they're, nobody put the thought into the visual interface and I think, for me, this is individually for me, I don't know for others, it's important to have a modern interface, right? Yeah. So since you revealed it, soon it's gonna be on the web, so you guys will be able to do it. So check out Edgewonk. Rolf, Moritz, thank you for your time. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Uh, listen, always, you know, I hope uh, you'll come uh, many flights from Frankfurt to Miami, right? <laughs> Definitely. You're gonna be in the Frankfurt flyer now. Um, and that's it, until next time, and uh, please like, press the like button. Um, put all the comments you want underneath, you know, we'll yeah. try and respond. And we will monitor them if you have any questions, we will come and answer all the questions. Please, yes. So, that's a very good point. You can always interact with them. Guys, thank you and until next time. Have a Bye. Good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, in Google+, all under the username Optimus Futures. If you have any questions, feel free to send us an email to support at OptimusFutures.com or give us a call directly at 561-367-8686 or toll free at 1-800-771-6748. Once again, thank you for listening to the Optimus Futures podcast. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimus Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence.